It is really good to see you today. Have you ever had one of those days? Have you ever had one of those days? I, I cut my head this morning while I was shaving my head, and I cut it right behind my ear, and it's the kind that really hurts bad, and it bled like the proverbial stuck pig. You know, that's an old saying. I, I grew up from a farming family. Um, but, uh, and then I spilled coffee on my brand new shirt, and I think I got it out, and we were like doing surgery on my shirt before the first service, and man, it's great to see you today. The first service was great, man. People turned out. It was a great service, and this second service, this is starting to feel pretty good, you know? I'm, I mean, when we first started, you know, uh, after COVID, we came back in, this, this second service was like, you know... Nobody, you know, it was great. This is wonderful. So thank you for being here. And um, we're starting this new series. The struggle is real. And, and I, again, I, I said this last week, I do not want to give 2020 any more credit than is necessary, you know, and, and, but, but let's, let's just acknowledge the fact that for many 2020, the last, let's just say the last 11 months has been a struggle. And, and let me, let me just, our, our kids, okay, our, our, especially our kids that are in school, it's, it's been a challenge. They don't know whether they're coming or going. They've, been, they've actually done, I think, quite amazing. But, but I really, I feel especially for the older kids, you know, um, that are in school and, and they, they, one day to the next, are they at home? Are they online? You know, it has been really a struggle. I think of our seniors, um, been very isolated, um, no fun, no fun for everybody. And, and I'll tell you what, fun has just been in short supply period. Thursday, we had fun. We served 400, you saw the, the video, we served 400 families on Thursday with food. That is fun. If you've never been a part of that, I just, I would encourage you to do that. And so, uh, but I, I think of our educators. I, I, I know lots of teachers and administrative people. Um, and I have to say that um, I really, I feel for them um, because it is so challenging for them to balance um, in person and online. And they're doing it in the same day. Um, that you know, if they've got students that are choosing to to be online, then that's they got to do it both in one day. And it's been it's been very emotionally uh, trying for them. Um, I think about the healthcare workers that that we have that we uh, are close with as part of our friends and family. And and um, how do you stay safe? and yet help people because that's why they go into being a nurse or being a doctor. They want to help people. So how do you do that and, and maintain the safety for you and, and for your family? Um, restaurant people, I know all, I, I think most of us are trying to support restaurants, especially whenever we can. And here in the UP, you know, we already understand that if we're gonna survive, you gotta buy local. 
You got to do local. That's just how we survive in the UP. But but when it you know restaurants, it's like, do they are, are we going to be you know laid off or are we going to you know is 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 the you know health department going to shut us down? You know, will we ever be able to to fully come back? Will I ever be able to to even work? Uh, business owners, you know, are, are they wondering can I even survive? Um, and, and I think that that's, that's very challenging for them. And I think about parents. Uh, parents, I think they want, they want to help their kids cope. They want to help their kids make it. And it's, it's challenging. It's tough. Um, so there, there has been a lot of struggle. And relationships have been profoundly impacted during the last 11 months. And I, I'll be honest with you. Some of what I'm, I'm sharing today is just really... It's, it's coming from my heart. It's coming from my observation of what I have seen, even in my own, my own family, my own sphere, my own life, my own experiences. And, and um, as a nation, I, I don't think that, that it, this is really something that's um, debated, but as a nation, we have been divided. I mean, when you, wh- wherever you look, there's division. And, and we've been divided by elections. We've been divided by uh, viruses. We've been divided by masks. We've been divided by vaccines. All of those things have, have had a divisive effect on us as a nation. And that's the big picture. But the small picture is that those same divisions have also happened in our local communities. They've happened in our family, our own families. And if, if we think that it's going to happen on a national level, a community, fam, a community level, uh, and, and a family level, if we think it's not going to impact the, our church relationships, then we're sorely mistaken. But, but there have, have been divisions that have happened even in the, the church world and, and at the local church level. And, and that has been so, uh, it's been heartbreaking to watch all of those, to talk with people about, you know, I, I can't even bring, I can't bring anything up to my own family because it's going to literally wind up in a brawl. Can't, can't have that conversation. Um, and, and people are heartbroken. They are, they feel isolated. They feel like they don't have anybody that they can actually speak with. Jesus said something about division that I want to bring to your attention that I think is really powerful and it's really something that we need to be keeping in mind. And Jesus was being accused of casting out uh, demons in the name of the prince of demons, in the name of Beelzebub, or or in other words, the devil. And and Jesus said in, in Matthew chapter 12, verse 25, he says this, Every kingdom divided against itself will be ruined. And every city or household divided against itself will not stand. We have been a nation, community, family, personal, church, just name it. Our relationships have been under attack. We have been... Uh, fighting this this divisiveness and and what Jesus is saying is that that 
whether it's a kingdom or whether it's a city or whether it's a household, that something that is divided ultimately will not be able to stand. And so what I want to do today is I want to look at some relationships that the scripture talks about. And I want us to, to learn from the context of those relationships how we should respond here in 2021 in a way that is, that is going to help us get through the struggle that we have been facing. And I'm going to look at several examples from the New Testament. The first one is where somebody gets called out over dinner. Now, I don't, I don't know about you, um, but that would not be a fun experience to go to dinner and then have dinner like descend into an argument. You know what I mean? I, I think most of us probably have had a, a family dinner or two like that, but could you imagine going out to a restaurant? I think now we'd be like, listen, listen, we haven't been out in, in 11 months, and you are not going to blow this for us, okay? We are not going to have this happen right now, so just zip it, you know? I think we would really kind of clamp down on that right now, but, but that's what happened. And we're going to look at that. And, and we start, we, we got to start a few chapters back, but in Acts chapter 10, Peter has this, this vision from God about food. It's not a bad vision. But the, the food that Peter was seeing that was coming down from heaven on this, this big sheet was food that, that Jews did not eat because the, the Jewish law said that these things were unclean. And three times, God said to Peter, kill and eat. And Peter said, oh, God, I'm too good of a Jew for that. And finally, God said, don't call something unclean that I have called clean. And, and all of this was happening because God knew that a man named Cornelius, who was, of all things, Italian, Okay, he was Italian. That's just a good thing. He's an Italian. He is a Roman centurion. He's God-fearing, and he, he wants to, to, to hear from God. And an angel appears to him and says, send for Peter. And he tells him where Peter is. See, God knew this was happening. God was preparing Peter's heart. The, 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 the messenger from Cornelius comes to the place where Peter was, and, and so Peter decides he's going to go with him, and he's going to speak the message of the gospel of Jesus Christ. He's going to tell him about the crucifixion. He's going to tell him about the resurrection. And so um, as, as that is, is happening, Peter is sharing the message, and people the Bible says, are getting saved. They're accepting Christ as their Savior. These are, these are Gentiles. You see, Italians are not Jews. Italians are Gentiles. Anything but Jews, those are Gentiles. Peter had no concept that these people could accept Jesus, but not only had they, were they getting saved, they were being filled with the Holy Spirit. The Bible says that they were speaking in other tongues and Peter could not deny what was happening. And here's what Peter says in Acts chapter 10, verse 34. This is huge for a Jew to say this. I now realize how true it is that God does not show favoritism. What Peter is saying is I realize for the first time in my life that Jesus came to save 
Gentiles. This was huge. It was a very big moment. Now, later in Peter's life, Peter is, he's ministering at, at a particular time with the apostle Paul, and they are eating together with Gentiles. And again, I have to stress that a Jew looked at a Gentile and would refer to them as a dog, an unclean dog. And yet Peter is with Paul and with some of the others that he's with. They are eating a meal with the Gentiles. And the issue, okay, this, this whole issue was an issue um, over circumcision, okay? In the first service, I, I told people, if you don't know what circumcision is, don't Google it, okay? Just ask. I'll, I'll tell you what it is. But I, I, knowing that we have church online out there, I'm gonna, people are like, yeah, I'm going to check that out. <laughs> Not good. Um, the pastor, he, he suggested that I look, but no, I did. Don't, don't, don't Google it. But the Gentiles were not circumcised. Only the Jews were. It was a sign that God gave Abraham to give to his descendants. And because Gentiles were not circumcised, the Jews said, you are unclean. A Jew would never eat with a Gentile. And yet here was Peter eating with the Gentiles because he realized God does not show favoritism to anybody. Enter a group of Jews. A group of Jews came in who had not been there previously. Peter saw them come in, and Peter decided, ooh, what are they going to think of me? And so Peter backed away, and he literally isolated himself from these people he had been eating with, picks up his, his plate and his food and goes and sits with the Jews, okay? This wasn't a matter of, I haven't seen my buddy in a long time. This was a matter of caving into the pressure that he felt because of his religious tradition, okay? And so there's, there's a, a disagreement that's gonna take place here and, and so Peter allows this, this sense of, of tradition um, to impact him. In Galatians 2, Paul talks about it, verse 11. This is the disagreement. Uh, it says, when Cephas came to Antioch, so this is where the, 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 um, the dinner was taking place, I opposed him to his face because he stood condemned. Those are strong words for making a mistake, aren't they? They're strong words because what Peter's actions did were they caused division within the body of Christ. And Paul, he challenged him, he opposed him because Peter stood in a place that was, was not a, a place where he could stand righteously. He was, he was literally condemned by his own actions. Let me tell you how God looks at this issue of division. In Proverbs chapter 6, verse 19, we, we're reading a, a series of things that, that the Lord finds detestable or the things that God hates. And one of those things, verse 19 says, a person who stirs up conflict. That, that is something that God hates. He finds it detestable. 
So it's not just a, hey, you know, don't do this. It made the list of the, of the seven sins that God says that he hates to stir up conflict, to stir up division among those who are walking together in a sense of community. Peter's actions allowed himself through religious tradition to bring division to the Christians who were in Antioch. The second thing I want to look at is, is a situation where uh, the Apostle Paul gets called out, and he gets called out by somebody that's an encourager, somebody that's very, a very positive individual. In Acts 9, we, we know the story that uh, while, while he was still called Saul, he was on the road to Damascus. He was looking to arrest Christians. He was looking to bring them back and imprison them in Jerusalem. And a light appears to him, and we know that Jesus appears to him on the road to Damascus, and he has an incredible conversion that takes place, and he meets Jesus, and his life is forever changed. And then in chapter 11 of the book of Acts, we meet this guy named Barnabas. And in chapter 13, all the church leaders have gathered together, and, and God is moving in their midst. Let me read from chapter 13, verses 2 and 3, and it says this, while they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. So after they fasted and prayed, they placed their hands on them and sent them off. This would be an incredible Holy Spirit moment. You want to talk about a service where God is moving, okay? And the Holy Spirit begins to speak through the gifts of the Spirit to the church, and he is saying, listen, I want you to take this guy Saul. We, we know him as Paul. And I want you to take Barnabas, and I want you to commission them and send them out. Here at Silver Creek, we support missionaries all over the world, and Paul and Barnabas were the very first missionaries. And, and God sends them out, and it was an incredible thing that happened. And they knew they needed helpers, and so Barnabas had a cousin, a young guy named John Mark, and, and Barnabas said, hey, let's take John Mark, so okay, we'll take him. And a third of the way through the journey, John Mark, for a reason that we're not sure of, it, we think it, it, it might be because he experienced a, a lot more trouble on this trip than he thought he would, but he changed his mind and he went back home. And a couple of, of years later, when Paul and Barnabas were getting ready for another trip, they said, okay, let's find somebody to go with us. Barnabas says, well, let's ask John Mark again. And Paul didn't like that idea because John Mark had bailed on them last time. Sounds like a, 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 normal, a normal conversation might go, but this thing got heated. And I want to remind you who these guys are. They have been set apart by the Holy Spirit to do what they're being called to do. And now we read that, that in Acts chapter 15, verse 39, as a result of this, there was such a sharp disagreement that they parted company. So this sharp disagreement, I, I, I did a little word searching, word studying on, on that, that, that word there, that phrase. This sharp disagreement 
According to one of the commentaries that I read, it's, it called it a violent altercation. These guys were, they were not in a good place. They were, this thing developed a, a, a serious, almost a fight. In fact, another, uh, one of the, um, uh, the commentaries that I read, it says that it, it, it probably didn't last a long time, but it probably was a very severe situation. This thing was so severe that even though the Holy Spirit had brought these guys together and had said, send them out, that they literally, because of this issue of who was going to go as their helper, they split up. Imagine the impact that that might have been different on the world had Paul and Barnabas stayed together. We will never know. Now, God still used Paul and Silas. They went together. And Barnabas took John Mark, and they went together. And great things happened, but, but we don't know what could have happened because of this divisiveness over a sharp disagreement. Now, I'm really glad that you and I have never allowed a sharp disagreement between ourselves and someone else. I'm, I'm really glad of that. Maybe it's, maybe it's just you that have not allowed that because I, I think I probably have in my lifetime allowed a sharp disagreement to come between myself and someone else. And because of that, something that God wanted to do did not happen. But that's where we find ourselves. That this incredible team that God had put together had, had been split up. And, and you know, we know the Apostle Paul. We know all about him. Barnabas, was an, he was a solid man. He was, he was somebody that, that uh, we, he was not a slouch. He was not like a second, you know, fiddle kind of guy. These guys were both very solid in, in their leadership, in, in the, their faith, um, in the way that God used them. Um, in Acts uh, chapter 11, verse 24, speaking of Barnabas, he was a good man, full of the Holy Spirit and faith, and a great number of people were brought to the Lord. This disagreement had to be a, a really incredible disagreement to pull these guys apart. And yet that's what we see happened. And, and John Mark was, was no slouch in his own right. He wrote the gospel of Mark. And eventually the apostle Paul, he, he comes around full circle and he's able to recognize that John Mark is very important to his own ministry and he refers to him as a fellow worker in the kingdom of God. But there was a, 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 there was a fissure, there was a break, there was a division in that relationship between the apostle Paul and Barnabas. And we'll never know the full impact that that had. The third example that I want to draw your attention to is the church in Corinth. During Paul's second missionary journey, he spent 18 months in Corinth. And he, he planted this church there with Silas, Timothy, a man named Aquila, and his wife Priscilla. Corinth is, a, is an ancient city that is very important Greek city. Uh, it was very prosperous, but it was very, very immoral. Um, you've heard mention of the, the goddess Aphrodite. Um, the temple of Aphrodite was in Corinth, and uh, they, they used temple prostitutes as part of worship. 
So sex entered into their worship of the goddess Aphrodite at her temple. It was incredibly immoral. In fact, um, most of the Gentiles, most of those who were living in Corinth who were coming to know Jesus, they, they had come out of this, this immoral system. And so... Uh, we, we find this new church getting planted there. There were a few Jewish converts that were part of the church, but most of them were just Gentiles living in Corinth that were, they were getting saved out of this immoral culture that existed there in that city. And, and so Paul was there 18 months, but then Paul moves on, and eventually Paul spends three years in the city of Ephesus planting another church. And while he's there, he finds out that there's problems that are existing back at the church in Corinth. And so he writes the, the, the letters that we now know as 1st and 2nd Corinthians, and he addresses those problems. Now, the art of letter writing is like almost non-existent now. I know, I know literally a couple of good letter writers. I don't know many. But letter writing is just something that we don't do. But that's how Paul communicated to them. And when you write a letter, if you have to deal with anything sensitive, you want to, at least for me, I'd, I'd want to say a lot of nice things first. That's not what Paul does. He gets right to it in chapter 1 of 1 Corinthians chapter 1, beginning at verse 10. Here's what he says about this problem that's existing in the church. He said, I appeal to you, brothers and sisters, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that all of you agree with one another in what you say, and that there be no divisions. So there's divisions among them. But that you be perfectly united in mind and thought. My brothers and sisters, some from Chloe's household, Chloe is obviously someone from the, the church in Corinth, have informed me that there have, are quarrels among you. What I mean is this. One of you says, I follow Paul. Another, I follow Apollos. Another, I follow Cephas, who is Peter. Still another, I follow Christ. Is Christ divided? Was Paul crucified for you? Were you baptized in the name of Paul? What this set of verses is telling us is that there is a tear. The word division, it, it means a tear in the fabric of the relationship of the people in the church in Corinth. This is something that's not good. And it's a, it's a tear based on who they emulate or who they want to follow. And since Paul planted the church and he was there for 18 months, certainly a bunch of them wanted to follow Paul. And in their culture, it was common for people in Jewish culture to follow a particular leader and to be a disciple of that individual. Some of them had met Peter. Peter, according to history, it is believed that he made at least one trip to Corinth, and while he was there, it is believed that several really spectacular miracles happened, and so some people really took notice of Peter, and they said, you know what, he's our guy. We, we want to follow him. We're, we're following Christ, but we're doing so as we follow Peter. And then there was Apollos. 
Apollos was, was known to be a, a man that really had an incredible grasp on the word of God. And that he was someone who was a very eloquent speaker. He was someone that, um, that, that really was, um, uh, he was fervent in the spirit, very eloquent, very persuasive as a speaker. And, and he came and visited in Corinth after the apostle Paul had already moved on to Ephesus. And so because of his, his really good speaking abilities, there were some that said, I want to follow Apollos. So you've got people that were back from Paul's time. You've got those that really liked it when Peter came and did a little guest appearance. And then some have said, you know what, this Apollos guy, he's an amazing speaker too. So you have all of this division. Everybody's getting pulled in a different direction. And they are being divided as the church. And if they're divided as a church, they're not going to be effective in their mission of sharing the message of the gospel of Jesus Christ, that Jesus, the Son of God, came into the world, born of a virgin, lived a sinless life, died on the cross and rose on the third day and is coming back again because they were spending all their time defending who they were following. In Colossians, Paul says this, chapter 3, verses 12 to 14, he said, Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other and forgive one another if you have any grievance against someone, for as the Lord forgave you, forgive as the Lord forgave you. And over all these virtues, put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. How often do we allow our own personal preferences to divide us from other people? And I realize that, that what we're talking about these days is not Paul and Apollos and Peter, but it's issues of our day. And we are allowing those issues to divide us as a nation, as a community, as families, and as a church. I, I, my heart grieves for those that I've, I've talked to that are a part of the church family that they're like, I, I can't even have a conversation about, about things that are happening today with my family because it turns into an argument and, and we just can't talk about it. The same thing exists really in the life of the church as well. We're afraid to have those conversations because people are not able to separate themselves from the issue to be able to just talk. There's division that happens as a result of that. And it comes down to our preferences or, or what, we, what we believe about a, a given topic. As the worship team comes, we're going to close our service. And 
In a moment, we're going to participate in the Lord's Supper together, and I'm going to change it up a little bit from the first service, and, and we're going to uh, lead in this song uh, that the worship team has prepared, and then I'm going to come back, and we'll participate in the, the Lord's Supper together. Uh, but as they do, I want you to just, um, just allow the Holy Spirit to speak to you right now as we uh, prepare to participate together in the Lord's Supper and, um, and let God speak to you specifically about, about your life and are we, are we uniters or are we dividers in our own relationships, in our own workplace, in our own families, in our own community? Are we bringing people together for the cause of Christ or are we separating them by our religious traditions or by our preferences?